want to learn about random stuff. Thanks, tiny computer. 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 Hey guys, welcome to Thanks, Tiny Computer. This is our new podcast about all the things that we look up on the computer that we just have to know. Um, and we're really thankful to have little phones in our pockets that have that ability. That's Sheridan. And that's Taryn. And we're going to tell you some stories about things that we've searched on the internet this week. This is week. super um, random and... There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, that's it's a good way to put it. literally the most interesting thing that we searched this week. We wrote a little bit longer of a story about. We're not investigative journalists. We're just two regular gal pal sisters. Yeah, and we're just going to do a deeper dive on something that we found very interesting during that week. You might find it this one boring, or you might find it super interesting. You might have you might say to yourself, "Wow, that is exactly the information I needed today." You might say to yourself, "Wow, I almost searched for that this week." You might say, "That's something I didn't need to know, but I'm really glad I know it now." Yeah, and, and then you'll become like a Sheridan. Oh, that's something we need to discuss. <laughs> An encyclopedia of random knowledge. I can't. <laughs> we are, um, we, we should definitely explain or describe our our setup right now. Yes, I think so. So, my this is Taryn speaking. Uh, my husband, Devin, he's, his passion in life is music. So, he always had a dream of having a sound booth. I thought his passion in life was you. Well, I'm second. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, he said he could if he had to pick between music and tacos, he wasn't sure. So I don't even know where I am. You in the might lineup. even be third I on might this be list. Fourth. Who knows? <laughs> I'm third. <laughs> um, so he built a. Um, I would say it's the size of a woman's restroom stall. A really oh maybe an airport restroom stall because they go. give you extra room for luggage, mm-hmm. and so we are sitting in here and it's like you're sitting on the toilet and I'm sitting on a suitcase in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Our legs are stacked between each other. It's that small. Yeah. My left leg, your left leg, my right leg. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> You know. <laughs> we're mirroring each other. We're sitting across from each other, so we're in a casual cafe. Yes. that <laughs> It's as if the table in a cafe is the microphones. Okay, so you get the idea. Devin built a closet for us to sit inside of that is slightly soundproof, um, and he is our sound engineer because I doubt this podcast would be happening right now if either of us were in charge of the technical side of this. I don't know. We could have just simply recorded it on our phones in our living room with the dogs barking in the background. That's true. We just have a leg up on professionalism. Now, does that mean we're going to have an interesting podcast? (laughs) Does that mean we're professionals? Absolutely not. No. Does that mean we're going to become instantly famous? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I'm highly optimistic today. Uh, we think about the long the long haul. Yeah. We oh. think about our green room requests. Oh, yeah. We, do. we think about I our do. merch. <laughs> merch. Our patronage oh. uh, packages. Definitely that meme I sent you yesterday about 
I'm staring out my window. Is cheese drugs? (laughs) And I was thinking, in the green room, we're going to have so much cheese. All the cheese. I mean. And then when we go on stage, it's going to be like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to go on stage. I know. We're going to have pockets in our dresses. And we'll talk about that a lot. I will never wear tights, though. But then it stops your thighs from rubbing. I don't enjoy tights. Uh, I'll wear, I can wear leggings. I'm actually very against colorful tights. Okay. Wow. I didn't know you had such a strong opinion on tights. But you haven't watched Catastrophe yet. True. But also, the things we're going to learn about each other in this tiny closet. I am trying to tell you a story. Oh, this is going to (laughs) happen a lot. The, The main actress in Catastrophe, I don't know her real name, but Sharon's her character's name she has the coolest style she wears all these really funky tights with like but she does it so well anyways google it oh search it, search on, the it on the internet on your tiny, com- tiny computer so do we need to describe that more as well why we are naming this podcast that yeah so sheridan and i have been talking about doing a podcast for a while um we knew we wanted it to be more of a casual conversational type podcast but we also knew we needed more direction because when we get together we just yammer on for hours especially so many hours she just doesn't know how to zip it and so i love to interrupt also we talk constantly we see each other at least once a week, and so we decided why not record one of our conversations. And then in quarantine, we're relaxing outside in the sun, and we're like, we got it. Yeah. Who, who came up with it, you? I, I do think it was me, and it was so just random, just kind of how this podcast will be. But I was sitting there. I think you had gone inside, and I was just thinking, God, I have Google. I'm sorry. I have searched so many things today on my phone, and... Anyways, so I was just thinking, oh, that'd be kind of fun if we just talked about some of the interesting things that we've learned, um, no matter how random they are. Um, So I'm the younger sister. I just wanted to say this earlier. I wanted to interrupt so bad. Um, And I just think that's going to show a lot through this podcast, which one's the older sister and which one's the younger sister. We also think it's something that makes our podcast interesting. You know, the sibling And we get along. We get along really well, so... She's one of my besties for the rest of these. She has no choice. True. She's stuck with me for the end. <laughs> Till the end. Okay. So that's about our podcast. We're so excited to be kicking off our first official episode. We did do a trial recording. Yes. And there was a lot of me, Taryn, in the background going, huh, huh, like Beavis, <laughs> the whole time. Sheridan just has this ability to make me laugh at... Nothing. So I'm trying really hard right now to not be funny about anything. She's not funny. Not funny. And so we decided that was our trial run. Yeah, so this is going to be our first episode, and this is our first episode with a really clear direction as well as... um, It'll probably advance, hopefully. But this is going to get us started. We talked about quarantine earlier, Mm -hmm. and uh, this was our last week of work for me. I'm a teacher, and... We obviously had to do online school, distance learning, virtual learning. Um, last week was the last week for students, and then this week was the last week for teachers, and we had to do our, our courses. So anyways, this is our last day. Whoop. Sorry. Ready for that summer break. 
Should you be telling the world that on your last day of work, you're actually in my house doing a podcast? And on my last day of work, I'm trying to start a new job. (laughs) (laughs) Must be successful. (laughs) On my last day of school, yeah. I can't stop working, guys. Well, one of my uh, conversation topics was um, Ren graduated. So I have three stepchildren who I love dearly. We have a really good relationship. So Ren graduated. He is going to be going to college in the fall. But he, uh, so because of quarantine, we had a drive through graduation. And I was, I'm not trying to dog it. I feel really bad for the seniors who are like so passionate about their schools and they needed to do something. I agree with that. But it was also kind of like weird. The directions mm-hmm. were, you must stay in your car, blah, blah, blah. So I went up there and cut off jean shorts <laughs> A painter's halter top that I made from a Walmart tank top. Good. With no bra. Totally greasy hair. I was totally white tea girl. Oh, yeah. And so my thought process was we're going to drive up. We had made a little sign for Ren and, you know, that was going to be that. And that would be the end of it. Yeah. Well, of course, I saw his mom, which was fine. I mean, I we have a really good relationship but I was like, she was like, let's all take a group picture together. And I looked at Devin and I was like, don't get out of this car. You tell them no. <laughs> so instead of being like, oh, no, we're quarantining, you know, the agreement was we weren't going to get out of the car. He says, sorry, we don't have bras on in this car. So. I didn't know he said that. Yes. I was like, Devin. I, we drove off and I was like, please don't tell your ex-wife that I'm not wearing a bra in front of your children. Like. Taryn, in this time of quarantine, it's time to just be honest. You don't wear a bra. I try not to. <laughs> yesterday, I wore a bra all day, and then I took it off, and I was like, why did I have this on for so long? True. And yesterday, I wore a Mickey Mouse shirt that is pretty much see-through <laughs> with no bra, and I was like, I feel good about myself right now. <laughs> well, back to Ren. Sorry. I'm so, so proud of him. He is a creative, he's very artistic. School is not his type of format. And right. the fact that he, we got through it, it, it's took done. A, it took a village with this child. Yeah, and it's done. And 2020. Crazy. It's the year. It's just the it's year crazy. of all the weird. I'm really proud of him. Yeah. What else has your been going on in your week? Okay, so Miller had her recital last night. So Miller, I'm sure you guys will hear about her a lot. That's my daughter. She is a dancer, and... Eight years old. She had um, a virtual recital last night, and it was less than thrilling for me, um, and for her, I'm sure. So and for probably her other dance team. Everybody was just like, we're doing the moves, and we're doing that. And, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure all her teachers were just like, oh, you guys look great. <laughs> That's it. Bye. Because nobody really is into this. So, um, but that was... Last night, that was good. Um, I don't really know anything else that's been going on this week other than work in the virtual recital. Okay, so you want to get started? I think it's time to get started. I'm excited. I am nervous. We've talked all week about what our tiny <laughs> googs are, what our um, stories were going to be about, and we just... But without telling each other. And it was really hard, but we were both a little nervous, so now I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous, too. All right. Let's do it. I'm so excited to hear it. Do you want to go first? No, you should go first because you're the oldest. (laughs) 
Seniority rules in this <laughs> tiny closet. Okay, so my story is very random and possibly boring, but also I'd love it. I'm excited. Uh, my story's about bird watching. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be something about birds. I knew it. Well, we've had a lot of drama unfold in our backyard since we moved into this house. I knew it. I had a feeling deep down inside. I, my, sis, my sister's senses were tingling. So my husband, Devin, and I love bird watching. We've been doing it basically since we've been together. We just started seeing birds in the backyard. And so finally I was like, I want some binoculars. And we've just slowly been like becoming professional bird watchers. I can't make bird calls or anything like that. <laughs> but um, that's another story. The popular term for bird watching is birding. I had no idea there Doesn't was that a... take it up a notch and like so, a cool factor? Yeah. I don't know if it's birding. Like, hey guys, I'm just going to go birding. I don't know if it's a new or old verb, but for me it's new and I took the cool factor up. It it definitely is cooler than bird watching. I mean, bird watching is not just for old people, it's really fun. (laughs) Well, you are old. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this isn't a pitch for a bird to to be watching. We're definitely trying to get people to bird watch, okay? It's just our new podcast is birding. (laughs) According to my resources, it's gaining in popularity. Oh, since when? <laughs> since I was th- in my since notes, you and Devin started doing it. in my notes, I put things coronavirus. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm blaming coronavirus for its popularity. I also heard that bald eagles help scientists predict environmental conditions. How? Did you research how? Uh, no, I I did a light research. About, Taryn, you know I was going to ask questions. I know. Stuff. I actually did research it a little bit. I found this on a fun fact website. So when I actually tried to... This die. document is too long to read. I need a fun facts easy list. Don't worry, I did it too. I'm not judging you. Well, I um, tried to research it and I couldn't figure it out. Um but I think it's because of they're watching their migration patterns with the climate change. Oh, that makes sense. So, anyways, Devin and I have been birding for years now, and we just <laughs> moved into a new home this year. So we've been, you know, learning a lot about our new outdoor residents. And you guys have a lot of outdoor residents. It's shocking. You have so many. When we left the country... P.S. meaning we lived in the country for a very, very short time, and we moved back to Tulsa. One of my favorite things was all the birds that were out there. And I was like, we're not going to have any, as many birds. But luckily, our neighborhood has big trees, and we have all the birds. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, right, we moved in the beginning of March, end of mm-hmm. February. I can't Yeah. Uh, so, the birds start coming because spring. And I noticed these little birds building a, a nest on our speaker on our patio. And I was like, what are those? And they're these little finches. So Devin and I, in our coronavirus uh, lives, Devin decided to make a coronavirus uh, documentary about our day. And I was like, they, the babies were born. Devin gets up there. I'm like, record the babies, record the babies. I, but then, of course, he gets on the ladder. I'm like, don't get too close. Yeah. Don't get too close. <laughs> so he gets up there. He puts the camera in there, and the babies fly out. Oh, no. So I was like, okay. Um, that's good, though, because it's kind of stressful having those babies there. They fled 
the nest. Yeah. Fledging, I think is what it's called. Uh, you are the one that was supposed <laughs> to do this research. I don't know. <laughs> these robins come and start building a nest on these little boxes on one of our posts. Have you found out what those are called, by the way? I don't know what they are. I saw that a you had asked. Box, yeah. Possibly? Did you Google what a, a weather box is? <laughs> yes, I did. And in my research, I don't know if that's what they are or not. Because if you search Weatherbox alone, it's like all these professional Weatherboxes come up. And there's some... Not wooden no, homes and, and there are some DIY ones, but I need to look closer, but I still have residents living on them, so I can't. True. You don't have to worry about it yet. So these robins have built a nest on these boxes, and they have four babies who will probably leave the nest any day. Like, they're getting really big. They got big fast. Yeah. They only live for, like, 13 days in the nest once they're born. I know. I'm glad you researched that. <laughs> so, I was going to ask. But I've been complaining to Devin. I'm like, every time we have people over, I'm like, we have to move our furniture off the patio to go out in the yard because we can only hang out in the yard because of coronavirus. So I'm, like, accommodating these tenants who are really needy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to be fed very frequently. They have to be kept warm. And if we come close, the parents leave them. So I'm, like, terrified we're going to end up killing the baby by scaring the parents. Well, the mom will go and sit on that line and be calling to them, like, I'm coming back as soon as these people move out of the way. Exactly. It's really stressful. So I was like, as soon as those babies leave the nest, I want to take those boxes out. We took the speakers down. I'm like, I want the birds to live in our yard, but not on the patio. Right. Well, then you can't watch them as easily if they're... Where you're going to stand to watch. Yeah. That's true. But it's still... We have a pool now. It'll be more enjoyable if birds aren't living on our net, on our patio. True. So I threw a small gathering for a friend's birthday. And I went and got some plants to hang on the hooks over the patio. And I got some lonely guy ferns. Mm, lonely guys. <laughs> So Devin and I are laying on our chase lounges under these new ferns that I put out, and I'm like, where's that little pretty song coming from? Mm-hmm. I look up, and there's two finches, the same finches. That had built on the speaker box? Uh, yes. Oh. They're building, well, I don't know what they're doing. I do now. But at that point, I'm like, oh, look how pretty they are. Oh, they love my fern. They keep jumping on the fern, and it's spinning because they're the weight of them. And so I said, Did you wait first, though? Tell the truth. When they first showed up and the fern was spinning, were you a little concerned? I Actually, I wasn't. Oh, okay. But there is a moment later on where I become concerned. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> so I needed a drink. So I started researching these little vegetarians. Oh, they only eat bugs if there's like an abundance of bugs, but they're straight, like they're one of the only vegetarian birds. The finches, right? The finches. Okay. So they're they're called house finches. Okay. And, and are these ones that have? Um, are you going to describe what they look like yeah. to us? Okay, thank you. I'll get so to very that. important to me. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun a little bit. That's okay. Uh, they can live up to ten years. Like, the oldest recorded house finch is 11 years old. Okay. Um, which old is, man. like, really old. Must have not lived in your backyard. <laughs> exactly. My dogs are murderers. <laughs> but I think it's because of the vegetarianism that makes them live so long. Oh. They don't get, you know. That worm <laughs> <heart> congestion. <laughs> uh. Um, 
And guess where these house finches like to live? In houses. Near houses, okay. yes. Well, but, I mean, they're... They the think, name implies. Exactly. They're, they like to be near man-made structures. So, really fun for birding, but yes. a huge hassle for hosting get-togethers. <laughs> They are, you guys can come over to my house, but do not mess with my pet birds. Exactly. It's so frustrating. <laughs> Go stand guys. in that corner of the yard, please. And then when people come over, all I talk about are the birds. I'm like, oh, look at the baby robins. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Well, it's true. It makes my party more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> if your friends don't like that you talk about birds, then they're not your real friends, so, so they can the, get out. <laughs> they are native to North America. But, interestingly enough, they were never, like, in the northeast. Okay. In the 19th century, as the settlers are heading west to California, they start capturing these little finches because they're really pretty, which I'll get to that. Pretty um, great. Pretty great. And they sing. They're technically songbirds, so they would catch these pretty little birds that would sing. And so... They started calling them Hollywood finches. Once it they yes, got to baby. California and all that started to blow up, they started to help their trade and sales. Wow. Calling them Hollywood finches. Like people bought these from other yes. bird In breeders? Ni- I know. In 1918, they made it illegal because they were like starting to wipe out the population by that is so much. wild. I know. So they're selling them to people like in New York, Manhattan, like where all these rich. It's too cold for them there. Well, maybe, maybe not. But that's not in their natural territory. That's true, but they actually survive up there. Okay. So in 1918, it becomes a Evolution. <laughs> we can adapt to our living arrangements. It's true. <laughs> Lots of living creatures can. Um, no dead creatures can, though. Really, Taryn? <laughs> <laughs> the things you will learn on this podcast. So, If you're dead, you can't adapt. Sorry. <laughs> so it becomes illegal in 1918. And, of course, people are still doing it like it's the black market of birds, you know. But in 1940, and they really start to crack down in New York. And the people who are selling them... It's like alcohol. It's like uh, the speakeasy, but you're trying to buy a bird yeah. instead of drinking some alcohol. A tiny little finch. Um <laughs> So the dealers started to become really paranoid about prosecution, and so they released all their finches off of Long Island. Oh. And so they have spread all over the Northeast, all the way up into Canada. They're even in Hawaii. Yes, finches go. I know. So these little birds are... Specifically a house finch, yes? Yes. Okay. Specifically a house finch. Now, they look different in different regions, but in Oklahoma, they're going to be like a light gray-brown but the males have a solid red head and a red chest. Mm, yeah, baby. And they're so cute. Their song is so pretty. Can you perform it for us, please? I practiced, but <laughs> that's as good as wow, it Wow, that was incredible. <laughs> but depending on where they live, the, their coloring's different. So depending on what fruits they're eating. So I didn't research what they're eating in Oklahoma to make the males pink or oh. red. Uh-huh. And I don't know why the females aren't red. Just the males are. Because females never are prettier on I know. the bird species. But I have to defend them. They're really cute. They look really femme. They're, like, really soft-looking. Yeah. They're really pretty. I want. I was hoping that they looked a little bit butch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, <laughs> sorry. The men are pretty 
like sexy. Okay. Well, you said they had a red chest. I I'm already chest. interested. And let me tell you, he's a total dreamboat. Oh, I bet. In their courtship, he will bring food to the female to impress her. Oh my god, a cheese plate. I know. And listen to this. Because they're vegetarian. <laughs> oh, I can't eat cheese. <laughs> they're not vegan. <laughs> You're saying a cheese plate is a go? I saw him carry a charcuterie board to her. A little bit of nuts. Uh, he's the sweetest. But listen to this. If she likes him, she'll let him feed her. And it's like the highest compliment for her to let him feed her. So he'll feed her like she's a, a baby. Okay. I know. This is getting hot. Yeah, and it gets sexier. I know. You, just when you thought it couldn't get sexier, also it gets Also a podcast about sexy birds. <laughs> Once the babies hatch and she's, or once the babies are laid and she's like sitting on them, you know, 24 7, he will feed her while she's warming the babies. My God, I'm trying to find me a man like that. And then, I know. Then when the babies are born, he primarily feeds them. So she's just like off at the club. Like, yeah, she's like, she's dancing like a stripper. She's like, for two weeks, I have sat here and I have not left the Oh nest. my God. See, men, birds have got it down. I know. They take a, take a cue. They in. dance, they like show off, they like try to woo them the best they can. And if it doesn't work, they're like, fine. They just kind of go on. Like, even male penguins. I know. They're like, let me hold that egg, baby. You go get some stuff. I know. You go up to the store for a little while. You go out to the club with your girlfriends. I don't need to know what happens. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So I'm not sure if this is the same couple that was living on the speaker, but it's very possible because they often go back to the same place to lay their eggs. Wait, is this a fact that's going to come up later that I'm interrupting about, but do they mate for life? They don't necessarily make that. Uh, the romance is gone. But that's okay. I mean, you get a new man, maybe he'll bring you better food. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that charcuterie board is a little bit bigger. <laughs> no, I'm talking about. So they're hanging out by this fern right above our chase lounges, and I record them because I'm like, how cute are they? They're singing, and I'm rewatching it to post it on social media, like in that same moment. And the male hears him singing and so he comes at me and I was like ah! sorry guys I'm oh like my God. I'm like screaming I shut my phone down and he like he they both fly off so he knew another male was around and he was like gonna get him he hurt himself oh my god and it's because they defend their mates they don't really necessarily care about like the exact location they'll defend their nest but he's like a bouncer for his girlfriend. Yes, he is the king. So I she think he thought queen. another man was creeping around. Definitely. And I post this video on Instagram, and my friend is like, oh, they're building a nest. And I was like, I thought they just liked the fern. I really don't want them to live in my, my Well, fern. also after the nest is built, you might have to get a new fern. I, it's like a whole ordeal. She's like, my friend buys a fern every year to sacrifice... To, as a sacrifice for See, the See, but birds. now you know you're going to have to do the same thing if well, you want to keep I've seeing. Well, I've come up with a, a compromise. Okay, good. But hold on, you're interrupting. Of course. So I'm. we've gone to all this trouble, and we have all these plans to try to prevent the birds from living. Like, And you guys, it's like literally where we walk through and like where you lay out, where all our seating is. This is where the birds are living. So it's like high traffic patio area. I want to be a good... <laughs> Landlord, but I'm like, you're getting a little too comfortable. I'm trying to casually evict these birds, 
And they're, they're trying to build another nest. Yeah. They're like, no, we, we saw you took down our nest off the box. Yeah. We'll just do it on this fern. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. So I'm like, Devin, we have to go check this fern. We take it down. Sure enough, it's the very beginnings of a nest. So I'm all like, oh, we've gotten all this trouble. So I take it out. And I put it on the ground. Maybe I threw it. Maybe I laid it. Who knows? I think you threw it. <laughs> but I'm like, hopefully they can, like, you know, repurpose all their findings. So I go in, and I'm checking out. Like, I do that. I'm like, don't think about it. But I get on my phone. I check my Instagram again. And my friend is like, a fern is a small sacrifice for a safe place for them to live. I, Sheridan, I literally start crying. Devin's like, Taryn, you don't need to cry. It's like... It's like no, part of you nature. did need to cry. I start crying. I'm like, what if she's like about to go into labor? And she's like, my now I have no place to put my babies. <gasps> you I, monster! <laughs> I I got to get out of this room. I cannot believe <laughs> what I'm hearing right now. So I'm literally having a meltdown, crying. I go outside. I get the the nest back up and I put it in back into the fern. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm like calling out for forgiveness to these little birds. And I actually, I thought about feeding them. They love, supposedly they love, like, solid black sunflower seeds. But I also read that if you want lots of birds, feed them. Like, flocks <laughs> of these. I was like, okay, I'm trying to. Because like, I think the birds will, like, go off and they will tell other birds, like, yeah. hey, yo. They live in flocks, these Like, birds this do. house is a good house. They're nice. They let us live there. She even put our nest back up in the fern. Yeah. And she gave us bird seeds. So then you'll have tons, yeah. So I ask them for their forgiveness, and I go back in the house, and I've calmed down. I'm doing some work on my computer, which my office is like one of And the- those benches are banging <laughs> on your window. They're like, how are you moving? <laughs> Sorry. So I'm like, my office is like the furthest place from the patio, and I'm sitting there working, and I hear their song. So I run to the kitchen. So the best viewing point in the house for the birds are in my kitchen window. So I'm checking, and they're out there inspecting the damage that I had done to Oh, my their God. House. It was like a tornado hit their house I while know. they were out of town, Taryn. Oh, my gosh. So I watched them, of course, all afternoon. I'm, like, keeping an eye on them. The male finch just has his wings on his hips. <laughs> He's like, what are we? I will never financially recover from this. The female finch has her wings over her eyes like she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but they seem to, like, be investigating it. I mean, I, they were there all afternoon, so I think they accepted my olive branch. Yeah, they were trying I, to find all their family photos that you threw. <laughs> <laughs> their, their dog is missing. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. This lady's crazy. Did you watch her? She threw it into the yard. And then she cried? <laughs> I know. That bitch. <laughs> so I... I don't know. I need to check the status today, but I think they're going to continue to live there. So okay. I'm, we're hoping for some baby finches in a few weeks. Okay. I better see some baby finches. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not particularly excited to ha- have to worry about disturbing them constantly because they're right by the Jay's lounges. But I love birding, and I really, I really do feel bad about destroying their home. I mean... Am I not destroying the earth enough as it is? It's now, true. Now I'm destroying, like, innocent little birds' It's homes. true. I mean, truly. I'm not trying to, like, pinpoint you. But, yeah. You're a drop in the barrel. So I um, ordered some watering globes for the fern because my fern was like, you can't water them. You'll kill the babies. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then they're like, that tornado left us a gift. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little intrusive. It's a bit big. These are little ones I'll show you later. Oh, okay, good. 
But, um, so yeah, that's my little story about house finches. They're beautiful little birds that anyone can find in their yard if they're paying attention. And, um, Will you do an update on the the robins once we know if they've left the nest? Yeah, I'll do an update on the robins. Um, I'm going to post a video on our social media. Thanks, Tiny Computers, on Instagram. Really good. Thanks. So Sheridan, you want to tell us your uh, search of the week? Yes. Yeah, so my big search of the week. When I was in middle school, I don't know if you've seen this movie or if you remember it, Whale Rider. Um, like, I just, I don't know why I loved it so much in middle school. Maybe the little girl was close to my age or something. I liked it, but their family traditions and stuff in it were just like, nice. I'm sure that's not why I liked it then, but now as an adult, I really enjoy that. The name of the people in Whale Rider, they're called the Maori people. And that's kind of what my story is going to be about today. Most relations were mostly peaceful, although there were several violent incidents, and the worst of which was the Boyd Massacre. Are okay, you ready? Murder? Oh, it's it's a murder. But it's not a murder story. Like, it, this happened a really long time ago. This is mostly about the Maori people were like, you're not colonizing our islands. Good for them. I know. That's why I want to tell the story. Because I was like, no, they, like, held true to their culture. And they weren't just like, yeah, come on in, guys. No. The Boyd was a ship that sailed from um, in October 1809. So it was carrying a bunch of people. Some were ex-convicts. Some were just on it for, um, to be, um, Explorers. journeys. Um, but <laughs> the most important person on <laughs> this boat was um, the son of a chief, a Maori chief, and his name was Te'ara. And um, he was accused of stealing some of the pewter spoons on the boat, but actually the cook had thrown them overboard and blamed it on him. Why? Um, I don't know. It didn't tell me why. This might be hard to find out why. Um, that dig. I know. So, but that resulted in the captain deprived. Like, I don't feel like washing these dishes he was like, tonight. Yeah, he was probably like throwing something else and like the spoons went in and then the captain was probably like, where are our spoons? He was like, Tayara did it. And then so what <laughs> happened was the captain started depriving Tayara of food. Um, and then he also tied him to part of the ship called a capstan, which is like that thing that goes around in a circle and you see in movies where oh. the guys are like pushing it yeah. to make it spin. Yeah. Um, he tied him to that and then he whipped him. Um and now remember, this is important because he's the son of a chief, so he holds himself very high. Like so, he's on Boyd the Boyd ship on their way to the. Mountain? They had like captured him, but are they leaving or coming to? Um, I actually don't know that part, but they were going to a different part of New Zealand. Okay. To to drop off these convicts or ex-convicts, um, and he was just like on board. So they have probably already captured him, and then we're going to go to a different part okay. of New Zealand. They were kind of going around the island from what brief part of the story I could read of that. Um, but so that treatment of him being whipped, like he was a, the son of a chief, so he was he knew, no, you don't whip me. Um, so he um, kind of regained his com- um, the captain's friendship like he schmoozed up to him, I guess, and um, he convinced him to go to this part of an island where his tribe was, um, and it was called the Wangaroa Bay, and they're called the Wangaroa Tribe, but they're Maori people. Is this still a place you can go to? Oh, I didn't look that up. I should have done that. Um, so when he gets there, he's going to plot his revenge with his tribe on the captain and his team, um, or his crew. 
Um, so when they reached the Wangaroa Bay, he reported to his um, tribe the whipping. He showed them, like, hey, I've been whipped. And they were like, oh, hell no. Um, because that was just wrong to do to a chief's son. And so... Well, it's wrong in general, but to be, like, royalty Right, in like, tribe, and, and if he had just been, like, a convict or something, like, yeah, you get whipped. But yeah. he wasn't to be, to be treated that way. So, um... Well, and who were the convicts? What do you mean? Like, they were probably all, like, minorities. Oh, yeah. people. True. That's a good point. So, um... So they planned a violent retribution. Okay, so three days after the Boyd's arrival, the Maori invited the captain along with um, some of the men on his team um, into their canoes to go find what were called cowrie trees. Um, and that was like what um, Tayara had promised the captain. Like, hey, take me to this bay. I know there's some really great trees there because they were looking to like repair the ship. Um and so they took them into this little river, um, and the remaining crew and passengers stayed aboard the Boyd, but there was the captain and some of his chief officer and some of his other crew members. And once the Boyd had left, or I'm sorry, once this can, the canoes left the Boyd site, the Maori attacked the foreigners, killing them all with clubs and axes. And then they stripped them of their clothes and they put them on as a disguise. Um, and then they... Some of the other men carried their bodies back to their village, and they ate them. <laughs> so there's also a story about cannibalism. Wow. Excellent. Um, so at dusk... I'm surprised they wanted to eat them. Like, it feels like a curse to eat their bodies. I wonder if that's part of their culture. Like, we can eat the evil or, yeah. you know, like something. We can I should probably look that up, too. But um, So at dusk, they um, got back in the long boats that were basically, like, lifeboat size. Um and they went back to the Boyd, and they were gre- greeted by the crew, and they went up and they did a silent attack. They killed all the crew as silently as they could. Um, they the first to die was the ship's chief office, um, ship's officer, and um, the passengers were all called to the deck, and they were all killed. And five people hid, um, and. They were like witnessing everything happening. There was a lot of dismembering, and they were just like okay, we got to hide. So they all like hid and were really super quiet. So the next morning there were five survivors and they saw a really large canoe carrying a different chief. It was not the chief of the Tayara um, or the father of Tayara. It was a different chief from a different part of New Zealand. Um, but he was coming into the bay because he wanted to do some trading with the Wangaroa Maori and um, the Europeans saw him. Um, the five remaining survivors saw him, and they were, like, calling to him and telling him, hey, help us, help us. And he did get them, um, but when he was getting them onto his boat, um, they were chased down by the Wangaroa, and they, like, got in their canoes and, like, chased them down and got them back. Um, oh and my, so I can't imagine how terrifying Oh, my God. Be. And it said in the article, it was, like, the chief of this other tribe was just watching as all of them were like caught again he was like sorry y'all i tried to help <laughs> i'm assuming that's what he said <laughs> i think he said this ain't my problem <laughs> yeah he was like ain't nobody got time for this he's like everybody knows you don't mess with the wangaroa <laughs> tribe like seriously we were just coming to trade with them we don't mess with them really though okay so there are five um that were spared from the m- massacre um Anne morley and her baby um an apprentice named thomas davis a second shipmate, which he did not have a name, 
well, he did have a name. (laughs) (laughs) Did not specify his name. And a two-year-old named Betsy Broughton. And they were, um, Betsy Broughton was actually taken by a different chief. um, And he put a feather in her hair and kept her for three weeks before she was rescued. Um, The second mate that was. I wonder if she had memories of that. Like yeah. how cool would her, how she was two. Would her biography be? She was two, so I'm sure she's like, uh, this is pretty dramatic. Um, the second mate was captured, um, or one of the survivors. He was also killed and eaten because he was really useful because he could make fish hooks. But then when his usefulness, like, he taught them how to do it, so they're like, we know how, killed him and ate him. <laughs> like, you got to use what you can, guys. Um, well, they didn't waste anything. No, they were like, you taught us what we need to know. Um, okay. And we're not just going to kill you and throw you in the woods. Like, you're perfectly yeah, neat. Totally. And I bet they use the bones and things. Okay, so. For tattooing. Uh-huh. The Wangaroa Maori um, towed the boy towards their village. The boy is the ship. Um, um, and after several days of ransacking, they just threw everything overboard. There was, like, flour and wine. I was like, why would you throw that overboard? Don't throw um, the wine. I know. Flour, bottled wine. Um, they were interested in what the muskets and the gunpowder were. But they didn't know how to use it. They didn't know what it was. And they smashed, like, all of the barrels of gunpowder. And a chief sparked some flint, which ignited the gunpowder. And it caused a massive explosion that killed him and nine other of the Maori men instantly. Um, And then the ship was also carrying some whale oil, which then ignited the whole ship in a huge fire. Um, It left only the sunken, sunken hole of the ship. Um, but they declared it sacred and prohibited. So it's still, I don't know it's still there today, but, like, they didn't touch it. So you can't go see, like, you don't know if you can go see any artifacts? Um, you're going to have to do a little research. <laughs> uh, I, I'm googling. I bet you can. Um, okay, so, but when the news of this massacre reached Europe, um, settle, European settlements, Captain Alexander Barry undertook a rescue mission aboard a ship called the City of Edinburgh, and Barry risk rescued the remaining four survivors, Anne Morley and her baby, Thomas Davis, and Betsy Broughton. And the crew found piles of human bones on the shoreline, which led to or had lots of evidence of cannibalism. Like they could tell it was not just like <laughs> normal dead bodies. Um, in March 1810, which is a year later, sailors from five whaling ships launched a revenge attack. Their target was the Motu Apu Pa um, in a bay that was belonging to the chief who had tried to save the first survive those five survivors. Mm-hmm. They confused him with uh, the sh- the chief who was the father of Teara, and so they had like captured him, and he was like, "Nope, not me." Um, Anyways, but he helped lead them to the correct place, and they had an attack on the Maori, and they did kill about 16 to um, sixteen to 60 Maori. Well, that's a big gap, but anyways. Hmm? I know. I don't think that they had very accurate numbers in 1810. That's probably um, right. Okay, so... Um, sorry, I lost my spot again. Um so the no- the news of the Boyd massacre reached Australia and Europe and delayed a plan of missionary trips until 1814. And a notice was printed and circulated in Europe advising against visiting that cursed shore of New Zealand at the risk of being eaten by cannibals. Um, and then the New Zealand ship, like shipping to New Zealand, fell away to almost nothing during the next three years. Um, but all in all, 
between 6 and 65 Europeans were killed and eaten in the Boyd Massacre, and it is the highest number of Europeans killed by Maori in a single event, and the incident is also one of the most bloody instances of cannibalism on record. That's crazy. I know. So I wasn't obviously going to talk originally about a murder. I was just going to talk about the Maori people. And I was, like, reading all their facts. I'm like, well, that's not enough time. That's not that interesting. It's something you can just really quickly Google. And the Boyd Massacre was, like, this tiny little blip in an article. And it had, like, a link to a different article about it. And I was like, I have to look it up. I have to. It's really interesting. I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, cannibals. I want to know if we can go visit any, like, let's go to New Zealand and visit the ship. The Wangaroa Bay. Yeah, I bet it's pretty creepy on that island, actually. Or that bay, I mean. Yeah. So, crazy. Good job. Thanks. Interesting. I knew it was going to be super random. I told you. I was like, so out of left field. I bet when you were, like, listening at the beginning, you're okay, okay. And then, Boyd Massacre. I had to, though. I liked it. I just it's thought it was so too cool. interesting. Yeah. So, uh, do you, uh, so yeah, tiny googs. Okay, tiny so googs? at the end of our episodes, we're going to talk about a little bit of some little snippets. Some, what we're, some, we're going to call tiny googs. Tiny googs. Taryn, why don't you go first? I think you have a couple of good ones you said. Okay, so right. have you heard of a simp? Oh my gosh, I just read that today. <laughs> that is so crazy. I am not even kidding. I read that today. Where? I don't know. Maybe it was on like a comment of something. I, I Holy, don't. So, please Jonah, tell me. my other stepchild, uh, came over because he's moving back from Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, you. I don't care about sports. Anyways, um, <laughs> or colleges. <laughs> um, so, he was over and we we're just small talking, whatever, and he said, yeah, what a simp or something. Have you seen those simp memes? And I was like, mm, I have no idea what you're talking about. But, so I Googled it. I searched it online. And a simp is a man that does anything for a woman in hopes of getting a girlfriend or some poontang. Yeah, so basically, like, he's one of those dudes. Oh. And I have to say, like, it's not really fair. Like, I feel like, so I was looking for memes, and a lot of the memes are like, uh, guy does one, says one nice thing or holds the door open for a girl, his friends, oh, you simp. So it's like, was that on like, what's it called? Um, oh, I forgot. Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Okay. I, there, that was my favorite definition for it, but, um, out of the options, but I was like, okay, so like not being nice to a woman does not automatically make you a simp. Like, no. I feel like it's being used out I of I think a we used to call it a gentleman. Yeah, like, there's a difference between a simp and, like, nice, being nice to a woman does not make you automatically a simp. Right. So, I thought that was a fun one. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, I just saw that word today, and I thought, I need to look that up. So, my other thing was um, <laughs> a dermoid cyst. Have you heard of this? Is that not what I had in my forehead? No. Oh, God. Thank God. What is it? Dirt? Well, I guess it could have been, but you would have had to let it grow for a long time. So okay. someone close to us, who we will not say who, mm-hmm. uh, had to have surgery a few several years ago now, but she had a cyst on her ovary. And the doctor came out and was like, hey, um, 
the surgery went great. It, it was a dermoid cyst and it got cut open. So I spent a long time picking hair out. <gasps> and I was like, what the heck is it? What I is can't. This? I cannot. Guys, I can't. if I can't. you have a weak stomach, do not Google this. Oh, I cannot. I was searching. I can't. <laughs> I was searching it because it came up this week. And I was, the images are so graphic and like, it takes a lot to make me gag. Like, I'm going to gag imagining you gagging. Yeah. So much gagging. It grows hair. It can mm. grow teeth. It can grow ears. Mm-mm. Stop it, it. It's sick. I can't. It's sick. So, if you're, so basically, it's a little baby that grew on twin. the outside of you. It's your twin. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. It's such a... It's not really your twin, guys. <laughs> We're also doctors. <laughs> Didn't you, know that. So those are my two fun googs. All right. Those my are good. tiny googs. All right. My tiny googs. Um, well, I was going to talk about cheese grits that I made for Mother's Day, but now I'm too sick. Um, <laughs> okay. So for Mother's Day, I had asked you what I could get you, and you wanted some plants. So, But you wanted plants specifically in the shade. So I had to um, Google about shade-loving plants. Mm-hmm. I found so many shade-loving shade plants, but I didn't see all of these at the place that I bought the plant. <laughs> I was like, all right. So then when I got there, I had to actually Google the names of them. Um, the little, all the tags say. They do, but they. I still wanted, I still needed tiny Goog information. I needed more info. Um, so that was one of mine. I also Googled, I mean, searched Harry Styles a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm but obsessed Harry, with him. You think he'll be on our podcast? Oh, my God. This is my call into the universe that Harry Styles will come sit in this tiny closet with us. I'll put deodorant on that day. Um, <laughs> and then the Maybe last... he doesn't wear deodorant. I hope not. But so the last thing I was going to talk about Harry Styles is I read an article about him. Um, his new music video for Watermelon Sugar came out, um, which I sent you because I was super excited. Um, I still haven't watched it. It's fine. It's a cute video. But so the article was about one of the models that's in the video and they, her and some of the other models call him the consent king because the director would be like, touch her hair, kiss her cheek. And he would ask every time if it was okay with the model before he did it. Because our world is so crazy. You can do... Well, I'm sure he's terrified. Yeah. So, but I thought that was really sweet that he just was... Um, also, she was an actor. The younger generations, it's just going to be so much easier for them. They're going to know exactly. Don't exactly. do that. Ask for... It's fine. Um, but... She was African-American, and so they said, touch her hair, like, play in her hair. And he said, is that okay with you if I touch your hair? And she was like, oh, it's fine. But she really appreciated that he asked. i got to watch the video now, because, like, why were they? It's just watermelon everywhere. Okay. It's a lot of watermelon. Also, But they're not, like, appropriating her because she's African-American. No. He's just touching her hair because he's touching her hair. Yeah, they're, like, all just around him, and he's kissing them on the cheek. They're kissing him on the cheek. They're all just kind of over each other, and so... It's a watermelon orgy. (laughs) It's pretty adorable. And I think that's a good place to end this today. This is fun. I'm so excited. We finally got our first podcast recorded. I'm excited to see what more random things we can come up with. It's going to be another random Songbirds. Cannibalism. What will they come up with next? Thanks for listening. Check out our social media and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Bye. 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 Well, cheers. Cheers. Wait, should we do it up here? Yeah. Wow. Oh, we're so <laughs> Are you going to rub your pants in your mouth? Oh.
Uh-huh. Okay. Are you recording? Yeah.